Yeah? Come on. Come on. She's putting her hand. Oh, man, that's awesome. Praise the Lord. Um, we are continuing with, a, um, with our worship series. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish my last installment. Pastor Bo is going to wrap it up next week um, with, with uh, his, his thoughts on worship. And uh, so you're not going to want to miss that. Today, um, man, I've just been really, uh, I don't know about you, I've just been sensing the Lord's presence all throughout um, the service. And just, uh, just his peace and his presence, I'm just like, man, that's really um, what the whole uh, series is about. It's entitled Closer. And, and how we, how many want to, however far, I mean, you might be just a, just a step away. Maybe you had a bad week or you may have been on, uh, like you just haven't been following the Lord for a long time. How many know that's a good idea to get closer? I mean, it's just a good idea. And, and he wants you to be closer. And so this whole thing is really about worship. And we've talked about all kinds of things about worship. We, we've talked about the sacrifice of worship. We've talked about, you know, the, that it's an audience of one. That, that worship is, is about what happens in here, but it's, but it's even more about what happens out there. In fact, if I don't, if I don't have my heart right out there, then, then it actually affects my worship in here. And, and we've talked about all of those different dynamics. I encourage you to go back and listen to some of them. And last week we talked about even worship in our giving and that, that um, it could just become a, a habit or it could just be some, one of those traditions in church or we could actually worship him. Uh, I challenge us to think about, um, you know, if, if you're a consistent giver and you think about the amount that you give, man, what kind of things could we spend that money on? Lots of other things. From our needs to our wants, from, from the, the, the shoes we want to buy our little girl to, to the trip we want to take this summer to everything in between and retirement accounts and all that. And yet I'm taking that specific amount and I'm saying, God, I worship you. I trust you and I worship you at this. We talked about that today. I want to just, I want to talk about this word. Um, it's called regardless. And that's what the, the, the sermon is entitled, Regardless. Um, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of the, of the pain, regardless of how long the journey is. Anyone like that song, It's in the Waiting? Like, regardless of, of how long it's, it's taken. Uh, some of you have had like immediate breakthrough and you've prayed for the miracle and it happened just like that and you could tell the story and you have the t-shirt to tell about it, all of that stuff. And some of you, you're in the waiting. And it's been like years. And you're pressing in and, and you're right and you've had those moments where you want to give up and you've had those those moments of, of just deep encouragement and all of that and the truth is is that he has never left you he'll never forsake you and 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 this is actually the place of our deepest pure worship is when we don't see it yet and I still choose to worship regardless 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 of what I see or don't see, regardless of what I feel or don't feel, I, I worship him. Here's the thought today. Hopefully that we could just all walk away with. Worshiping God for simply who he is sets my heart in a place of truth and sets me up for divine breakthrough. I like this thought is that, that the true test of my worship is when I don't feel like it and I have to choose. 
I, you know, um, we, we, everyone wants divine breakthrough. We, we, we talk about it in this church, in our flavor of church. We're going to talk about miracles. We're going to talk about God coming close and feeling his presence. We're going to talk about supernatural healing and deliverance. We're going we're to talk about, you know, there's, there's walls in your life. There's things you're believing for, and supernaturally God comes through and, and, and can do whatever God wants to do, and, and we can p- pray and believe and all of those things. We're going to believe all that. And we do, and we see those things. But today, it's like, well, if I don't see it right away, then what? And here's the truth, is that as I worship him and I praise and I lift my eyes up and and I choose to worship, that not only does it set my heart into a place of truth where where I have a tendency to believe the lies of of, of all of these other things that the world's saying or it's always going to be or it'll never be and all of these things. The enemy really wants to to have his voice uh, tell me all that he thinks. And as I choose to set my heart in a place of worship, it it actually sets me in a place of truth because I'm worshiping him for who he is instead of what he does. Man, I... I love what he does. Anyone love what he does? Man, I am all about that. But I want to worship him for who he is, even if he never does another thing. That's the place. That's the place. And, and it actually sets me up for breakthrough. And, I, um, and, and we're gonna, I'm going to share a few scriptures and share a story or two. And, um, and, I, and I want you to know that we're believing for breakthrough. And I believe as I set my heart in that place, it actually, I am, I am like, now I'm set up for breakthrough. Sometimes the breakthrough doesn't come the way you're thinking about it and praying for. And sometimes the breakthrough, and I, and I, think, I think a lot, like 90% of what I'm needing breakthrough in is happening between my ears. And, and as I'm worshiping him and I'm praising him and I'm setting my eyes on things above like Colossians 3 says and I'm worshiping and, and I'm choosing to praise him even in the storm and I'm doing all of that. Like, I'm not only, yes, the miracles are going to come and, and, he's, and, and I'm set up for breakthrough and miracles and all this, but I think one of the biggest things that happens is that my heart is put in the right place and those things, the battle that's going on between my ears, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh yeah. And truth starts to wash over me. Does that make sense? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. I want to, um, I just want to share just a little bit of uh, uh, some things just in my own life. Um, one thing is, is uh, th- there's, there's the little things. Anyone ever just not feel like worshiping? Is it just me? Was it? I heard a little rumble. I just want to know Anyone, anyone, you're like, or, or does anyone ever just like not feel like coming to church? Yeah. Is it just me? No. <laughs> you know, you, you, you wake up, you wake up and you're like, oh. And you know, I think I'm, I'm thinking about maybe not, not going. And your wife says, but you're the pastor. <laughs> you know, man, I, I sometimes envy your seat. So there, there are those times. So there's, there, not only are there just the days that we don't feel like it, then there's also the seasons. There's also the, 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 those big, like the big things that are going off and the, the, the people issues or the financial issues or the health issues or you go down the list and there are, not only are there moments where it's just like, I just, I just don't feel it today. But there's also the big things. The, the, the small thing for me, I, I'll tell you, you know when the, the hardest time just, just weekly, do you know what the hardest time is for me to worship? Monday mornings. 
for me, now it might be different for you, for me, um, man, like I'm, I'm in it all week long. I'm in the Word, and I, uh, some of that's my personal time, and some of that's my, my study, and my, you know, the, the, the patterns I have just because, uh, um, you know, I, I'm a pastor and all of those things, and I, and I happen to probably get more time in this than you do, and, and so I'm like, you know, all week long, I'm in it, I'm wrestling with the Word, I'm having time in worship and everything like this, and then I come, it builds up to the main event, and, uh, and it's good worship, and I've just delivered the word, and all of those types of things, and everyone pats me on the back, right? Most, most everybody, usually Tammy, and, and, uh, and like that was just the great, that changed my life, pastor, great, whatever, and, and, then, uh, and then Monday, there's times I wake up on Monday, and I think, I don't feel like doing a single spiritual thing today at all, and that's the time when I have to choose more than other times for me that's the time when I have to choose to worship or choose to read or engage the Lord because I don't feel like it and I have actually found sometimes it's even more rewarding on Monday when I don't feel like it it's really interesting there's a there's also been some bigger things that would be kind of a pattern that um, a weekly thing where you just kind of press through on a weekly basis there's sometimes there's big events for my family last summer we had a big event um, one of my heroes of the faith my uncle um, had a massive heart attack and um, and almost died um, and uh, and he was on life support i my uh, my wife and i and, and girls we got to the hospital and i don't know if you've ever been in one of those like traumatic like like wings of the hospital where they're like they're we're kind of you know in limbo what's going to happen here and he had these like cooling um uh, blanket things and all of this stuff going on and and you know all the swelling and stuff and i'm like i man i i, I have uh, better memories of him than that and and, and so we, we had the, this traumatic thing going on and um and I, re, I remember uh, we were there for i don't know a, a week i think we went thinking we'd be there for a couple of days we ended up being there for a week and one of, the, one of the memories I have that was just incredible was uh, he's probably in, a, he, at that point, he was at, he was at the hospital, and he was in maybe like a, I don't know, a 10 by 12. Maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating, but it, was, it seemed really, really small, especially with the bed and all the equipment and everything. And we had probably 20 of us family members jam-packed into that room, and we just started worshiping and praising and speaking in tongues. And it was like the presence of the Lord was there. And it was one of the most amazing moments around his bed. And you know what? Um, he didn't, like, get up and talk to us. Like, what we had been praying for didn't happen in that, in that moment. But we had an incredible time of praise and worship right there. Um, we're still pressing in for his breakthrough, and I mean, he has come a long ways. That first time I saw him, he was, um, the doctors would say he was in a coma. They were saying all of the things he would never do or always be, and, uh, um, and, and, then, and then since then, man, he's been able to, to do some different things and say words and walk, and we're still, like he is um, in the natural a long ways off. But how many know God is in the waiting? 
He's in that season, and we still worship, and we still praise, and we still press in for breakthrough. And even when we don't see the breakthrough yet, we still, you are still so worthy of worship. Even if it doesn't go my way, even if uh, what I'm praying for, th- praying for doesn't happen exactly the way that, I'm, that I want, God, you are still worthy. Do you guys believe that? Like, he is still good. Uh, you've, maybe you've experienced loss. Maybe you've experienced hard times, and, and you're in that place. And you're like, it didn't quite go the way I had in my head and the way I was praying, he is still good. You know that he can't not be good? Man, he is so good. I like, uh, I like some of the encouragement we find in the Psalms. Psalm 42, verse 5 says this. It says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Sometimes, sometimes you kind of have to laugh at Scripture when you meditate on it and you think, okay, this is King David, and he's talking to himself. He really is. You know, wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall and watch King David talk to himself right here? He wasn't talking to God. He was talking to himself. And he says, he says, soul, you will worship God right now. Why are you downcast, soul? In other words, he was saying, David, get it in check. I know you don't feel like it right now. I know that the the life is not going the way that you're wanting. He's like, why are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Soul, David, put your hope in God. I'm waiting. Put your hope in God. Okay. And he encouraged himself. And he commanded himself, why don't you just put your own name there and say, you you can say it out loud if you feel comfortable. Jonathan, put your hope in God. Jonathan, you will worship right now. Even if I don't feel like it? Yeah, even even if you don't don't feel like it. You know, I'll be honest with you. Um, There has never been one time and I've been serving the Lord for, for a while. Grew up in a Christian home, so uh, yeah, from six years old, I made, I made my commitment. There's never been one time that I can remember ever in a time of worship on my own or in public and corporate settings where I was worshiping and all of a sudden, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what's happening here? Or my arms are just going up and I, 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 can't, I, I, I can't control it. I can't control it. My arms are in the air. Sorry, everybody. That's just the way it goes. Whenever the music plays, my arms just go straight up. There's never been one time that I can remember from a kid till now where all of a sudden it was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like there's a supernatural dance going on right now and pretty fly for a white guy, I guess. Like there has never been one. There's every single, every single time I have chosen to put my arms in the air. Every single time I have chosen to dance, I have chosen to sing out loud, I, I choose that. And he meets me right there when I choose that, when I worship him, when I say, Jonathan, put your hope in God. Psalm 34 goes on. It says in, uh, in verse 1 to 3, it says this, I will bless the Lord how many times? At all times. His praise will always be 
on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. I like this verse, this passage in Habakkuk chapter 3. If you're a farmer in here or you know one or you play one on TV, um, farming is hard work is what I hear. And uh, imagine this. Imagine a farmer in this agricultural uh, community that they were in, Habakkuk 3, though the fig tree does not bud and there is no fruit on the vine, though the olive crop fails, that's bad news, and the field produce no food, though the flocks disappear (laughs) from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls, This guy's having a bad day. Yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. And this is that place. There's not always the Holy Spirit goosebumps when we go to this place. There's that choice where everything's going wrong seemingly. Have you ever been in that season or that day? You're like, oh my goodness. And this person in this passage stops and says, even though all of my hard work and the crop failed and even though there's no food and even though all the animals got loose and I, I mean, even though there's nothing, yet will I praise thee. Yet will I praise thee. One more passage and then a, um, and then a story in the Bible and, we'll, and then we'll be out. What I want to do is um, um, at the end, even if you don't feel like it, <laughs> This will be the test, right? No. Honestly, no manipulation. But if you don't do it, everyone will laugh at you. No. <laughs> no, I, what I just want to do is, and this may not be everybody, but I, if, if you have, if, if there's been hard places that you've just been having to press through and it just hasn't popped yet, just haven't, haven't had your breakthrough yet for whatever reason, um, we're going to go into just a place of praise in a praise song right, right after this message. And I just want you to, if you're willing, I'd like you to come to the front. And I'd like you to just, I'd like you to praise even though you don't see it yet. And just set your focus, your, your Colossians 3, set your heart and your mind on things above. And then the second thing that we were sensing is um, after that, after you've had that time, some of you um, need um, healing in your physical bodies. And we would like to, there's a place in James, James chapter 5, that talks about um, healing that comes when, when the elders and the pastors of the church put um, oil on you, anoint you with oil. And we were just uh, sensing Pastor Bo had come to me with that. And so what we're going to do, we're just going to, if you need healing in your body, we're going to anoint you with oil and uh, allow, watch the Lord um, do some miracles today. Um, Isaiah 54, amazing passage. I'm just going to, I'm going to hit just, just part of it. Um, watch this. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. I'm imagining, you know, a woman probably, you know, late 40s, thinking this is probably not going to happen yet. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, in this passage, just this is probably not. She's already probably going there in her mind that, that we're, we're making other plans. 
and, and all of the friends around her, I don't know, if you're, if you're a woman, you probably could, could relate. I don't know from a man's perspective. I'm imagining from a woman's perspective, like, um, the, all the friends are having babies. Like, something's in the water because, like, every other year, I mean, it's like, boom, boom, boom. You're either pregnant or nursing, pregnant or nursing, pregnant or nursing. You're like, come on, and I've been praying. I just want one. And that's what this... That's what this, this passage is, is about. Like there, you're, he's talking to, this, to the lady, actually the, the lady in, in uh, um, uh, it's act, he's actually talking about Israel. But imagine the, the person sitting here thinking, are you, are you kidding? You want me to sing? Like, even if it's true, I'm not going to have more than all my friends, like all of my friends that, are, that have husbands and they're, and they're like, Pumping out a baby like every year like that. This is uh, what? What? And and he is saying this he says he says actually verse 2 enlarge the place of your tent In other words get ready for it Um, go and uh, um, uh, Pick out the paint colors for the nursery go buy some stuff go uh, and uh, um, you know, whatever you like like register um, at at Target and, and and then someplace even more expensive and like do it, do it, like do it all up. He's he's saying this to her. Enlarge the place of your dwelling. Enlarge the place of your of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains. Do not do not hold back. Uh, now this that phrase. Um, the husbands do not want their wife to hear. Do not hold back. This is that place where she's like real. I could buy whatever I want. Like I can, like this isn't just garage sale stuff. Like this is like the, this is like the top of the line. This is like Dillard's. This is like, are you serious? I could, like anything I want. I mean, this is like gold plated cribs. This is whatever you want. Like, like diamond studded binkies, whatever you want. Just, just go for it. He said, don't hold back. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and the left. He's starting to talk about her descendants. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. The whole passage is great. I skipped to verse 10 here. Though the, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. He's, he's reassuring. Even in the midst of what this person's going through. He's reassuring. Nor will my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with lapsus lazuli. Sorry. Uh, Somebody, a teacher's going to have to help me with that one. Verse 12, I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls precious stones. And then this last classic verse, verse 17, no weapon formed against you will will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication for me, declares the Lord. In other words, this is another one of those classic times in the Bible where God says, on this side of victory, I want you to worship. Uh, Do you like what he says at the beginning? Sing, barren woman. He didn't say, go into intercession and and with sackcloth and ashes and and make sure everybody knows that you're fasting and just like, he he didn't say like, like, get really depressed and like, no, he says, sing. 
Like, like burst into song, shout for joy. This is the time in this place where, where it seems impossible. I am asking you to praise me. Get excited because it's coming, is what he says. You guys with me? I know it's easier said than done, but that's what he's saying here. I want to share a story now with you out of Acts 16. Starting in verse 16, we, um, right before here, um, the Apostle Paul and his traveling companion Silas, they're, they're on this journey, they're on one of these missionary journeys, and they come to, uh, and they actually meet up with a lady named Lydia, who is a businesswoman that is selling purple cloth, that this purple cloth was high-end stuff, and she's, uh, her and her whole family um, actually get radically saved. Um, I mean, just an incredible story here. And, and they're right here in the area of Philippi. Um, and so they're, so they're here, and Paul and Silas are actually staying here for days. They were, they're here for, for a while, and they're evangelizing, and they're, they're sharing the good news. There's not actually, um, normally in, in some of these different cities where there's a lot of uh, believers, there would be, um, especially Jewish believers, there'd be a synagogue, and there wasn't enough um, men to create um, a synagogue in this place. And so they, uh, they just they found uh, a, a place, and they just called it the House of Prayer. And so they would just go to this place. It wasn't a, an official synagogue, but it was a house of prayer. And so they would, so the, this is kind of that, that place that we're in. Um, so Paul and Silas then, one day, as we were going to the house of prayer, so they weren't, this wasn't an intentional encounter here, by the way. One day, as we were going to the house of prayer, we encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit of divination, the spirit of Python. Now, just to pause there, it's an, that's an actual demonic spirit and mentioned here in the Bible. It's a spirit of Python. And that spirit, it actually, in, in, the, uh, in the Greek, it would refer to um, demonic ability to um, prophesy and foretell future and, and things like that. And, um, and so I, probably the majority of fortune tellers and things are just uh, scheming and doing all that stuff that you would maybe go and get your horoscope read and all that. Most of it's, most of it's just, you know, they just want your money. But there's some real. There's some true. Uh, out there, and, and they would probably be under some sort of a spirit of divination or a spirit of python here, um, and it's, so it's just real. So they encountered the real deal. In fact, uh, as we read, she, um, she was so real deal that she was making lots of money for her um, handlers here. We encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit of divination, the spirit of python. She had earned great profits for her owners by being a fortune teller, um, uh, Verse 17, she kept following us. In in other words, uh, in in other translations, it would say like day after day. Like so, um, this was just going on. This wasn't all just in the same day. They encountered this this slave girl, and she just was day after day following them. Um, And so, so watch as this goes. She was shouting, "These men are servants of the great high God, and they're telling us how to be saved." So this demon-possessed um, girl is trying to help them out a little bit and, uh, and evangelize. And Paul's thinking, I don't think I need any help from demons. Um, he's starting to get really annoyed here. In fact, it says it in the text. Uh, Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit indwelling her. Notice he doesn't talk to her. He talks to the spirit, right? And Because uh, our problems aren't with people. They're with um, what's, what's influencing people. 
And so he turns and, and greatly annoyed at the spirit, not the person. I command you in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to come out of her. At that very moment, the spirit came out. And uh, it's just interesting. He could have done that at any moment. And finally, he just had enough. He's like, ah, oh, you're done. <laughs> you're done. Um, and and, and if these few verses here, 19, 20, we start to see in 21, like the owners are fed up. They're like, man, our way of making money is just ruined. Um, you know, and, and Paul and Silas are just thinking, hey, we did this girl a favor. And uh, her masters are thinking, we just lost tons of money. And so... Long story short, they drag him out into the uh, into the center of the community, and they and they um, tell lies about him and all of this, and and so um, they end up getting um, thrown into prison. Um, it says, verse twenty-two: a great crowd gathered, and all the people joined in to come against them. Have you ever felt like everybody joined in to come against you? That's what was happening to them. The Roman officials ordered that Paul and Silas be stripped of their garments. That's, that's never a good day, by the way, to, uh, to have that happen to you. And beaten with rods on their bare backs. After they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound in, and chained. And so this was humiliating. It was unfair. It was physically painful. It was scary, emotionally draining. Did uh, any of you ever had anything? I mean, probably. I mean, tell me, remember that last time you were beaten and flogged? Like, it, we've probably never had this, but we've definitely had moments of where we felt humiliated. We probably had moments where we felt physical pain or or emotional exhaustion. We probably had some of that. Watch this last one. They were also legally wrong. This community was legally wrong. Any of you ever had something and you're just like, like you were taken advantage of and it was like legally wrong and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Like someone owes you money now or maybe you were wrongfully accused or I I don't know if any of you were ever uh, uh, falsely or wrongly imprisoned, but this is uh, Paul and Silas Interesting thing, we're not going to go there too much, but they, they kept their mouths shut. It sounds almost like Jesus. When Jesus kept silent, and he was wrongfully accused. Paul and Silas were wrongfully accused. They were actually Roman citizens. And if you're a Roman citizen, this was against the law to treat anybody like this. You had to have due process and all of, and all of those types of things. And so they kept their mouths shut. They were thrown into prison. Um, totally unfair. Verse 25, this is the situation they're in. They're bleeding, they're bruised. Um, Amazing, amazing moment. And it says this, Paul and Silas undaunted. I like this word. Here's what it says in in, uh, in the dictionary. Undaunted, not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. Paul and Silas, in the worst situation you could imagine, they were undaunted. They weren't intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. And they prayed in the middle of the night. Some versions say at about midnight, they sang songs of praise to God with all of the other prisoners listening to their worship. You know what the interesting thing is? Is that everything was out of control for them. Everything was, any of you ever felt something out of control just in your life? Like, I had no control over that. I just, there was, there was nothing I could do about it. This thing happened to me. 
It was an actual situation, and it just happened. I couldn't control it. They, everything was out of control for them, except for how they responded, except for their attitude. They could choose that. And Paul and Silas, they chose that even in the midst of this unfair situation, I could choose something. Uh, I'm still, uh, a lot of times we, we operate in this victim mentality, in this place of, of just being a victim. And they said, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not victims here. We're still powerful. Like we, are, we, like we are sons of the Most High God. And in this place of something totally outside of their control, they chose. And they chose worship. They chose to pray. They chose to worship and sing songs of praise to God. They didn't feel like it. I imagine there weren't like Holy Spirit goosebumps. I imagine that there wasn't music playing softly in the background. I imagine there wasn't somebody up front saying, hey, come to the altar. There was nothing like that. There was just in the midst of their pain and everything being unfair, they just decided to sing and pray and give glory to God. And the interesting thing in that verse is people were watching and listening. They're in this inner cell. Did you know that the people are watching and listening? They really are. This isn't maybe the main motivation of why you do the right thing. But do you know that when a Christian, when a follower of Christ decides, you know what, I'm going to worship and I'm going to praise God through this situation, like it, it is, it has a ripple effect to everybody around you that's watching and listening. How's the Christian going to respond? How's that Christ follower going to respond when hard times hit? We should be the ones that praise him through the storm. Verse 26, then suddenly a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. Now this is what we're all wanting. This is like the supernatural breakthrough. This is the fun part of the story. God sends an earthquake, shook the foundations of the prison. At once, every prison door flung open, and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. I mean, that's a good day. That's a good day to be a Christian right there. You're just, you're sitting there, you're praying, you're worshiping, and like immediately your breakthrough, the chains come off, the doors swing open. Look, this is amazing. We don't know what they were praying, but we do know they were praising and giving glory to God. In the midst of praise, God sends supernatural breakthrough. I'll tell you what, you may not have a, an immediate miracle like this, but I'll tell you that in the midst of praise, God always sends supernatural breakthrough. He always knows how to go right to that place in your heart, right to that place in your mind, and, and give you the peace that surpasses all understanding, to give you the, that love that drives out fear and anxiety. No, when you choose to praise... When you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up powerfully and choose to praise and worship no matter how I feel right now, there will be, mark my words, supernatural breakthrough. It may be a miracle like this. You may have like physical chains fall off and doors open and all kinds of money in your bank account and physical healing and all that type of stuff. It may be like that. It may be like that. How many need just even in the spirit Chains to fall off and doors to swing open. My goodness. It happens with praise. Watch here in verse 27. So then the jailer, he, he's startled by this. <laughs> I don't know why. And he takes the sword and he's going to kill himself because uh, he'd rather kill himself than, than go through what they're going through because if, if all the prisoners escape, he's, he's dead. 
And he's probably going to be dead in a worse way than, than him taking his own life. And so he takes the sword. He's about ready to plunge it into his own heart. And Paul says, wait! He's like, what? We're all still here. And I love this. Man, Paul and Silas and all the prisoners, they could have just ran. You would. I would. And they stayed. They stayed in this place. And, and now all of a sudden, when you read the rest of the story, there was like an opportunity for uh, you talk about the one sinner who repents. Like this situation that they didn't plan on, that they didn't design, that they, that they didn't want, this what, they weren't intentionally in here. But God somehow knows how to take all of the stuff and bring beauty out of ashes and have a divine setup for a jailer and his whole family when you read this story. They all get baptized. They're still under the custody of this jailer this whole time. They could have gone at any moment. And they stay close because now all of a sudden there was a divine assignment in the midst of their midst of the pressure that they were walking through. Sometimes we, we're praying for breakthrough and we have to trust that we don't see the whole picture that God sees it all. Sometimes he sees that there's a jailer and his family that need salvation. And we trust, okay, God, um, you're in the waiting. You're in the waiting. I don't see the whole thing. If I were to write this story, there would be divine healing right now. There would be supernatural breakthrough in my finances, my, the, what I'm praying for my kids, and what I'm praying for my kids. Like all of these things would happen right now, but for whatever reason, you're in the waiting. And in the waiting, God was preparing a jailer and his whole household to be saved. Hmm. This is a, an interesting verse, though, is uh, verse 35. At daybreak, the magistrates sent officers to the prison with orders to tell the jailer, let those two men go. We're going to wrap up right here. Do you know what this means? That it means that God didn't need to send the earthquake. Did you know that? Like, at daybreak, the, the, those in charge come... And they say, let those two men go. The, the earthquake was unnecessary. Do you hear what I'm saying? There had to have been another reason for the earthquake. There had to have been another reason for, for the way God decided to do it here. Because they could wait. Man, they could wait a few more hours. God knew this. This isn't catch God off guard. It didn't catch God by surprise. Like, oh, I didn't realize that those rulers were going to come and let you guys out. We didn't have to do the earthquake. Now, now we've got to rebuild this whole jail cell. You didn't catch God off guard at all. For some reason, he had to send the earthquake. I'll tell you this. It's because your breakthrough isn't just about you. When you read the verses ahead, like when the earthquake happened, it wasn't just Paul and Silas's chains that came off. Every prisoner's chains came off. When the earthquake came and, and, and all of that and the doors, every prisoner's doors were open. When the earthquake came and all of this, there was a divine appointment for that jailer to get saved and his whole family to be saved and baptized. Like, he, he, it could have just been about Paul and Silas. And I think a lot of times we're praying for our breakthrough. It's always just about us, right? Lord, would you, would you do it? I just need this. I just need it. And, and God has this picture. And he's like, you know what? 
Your breakthrough isn't just about you. You're free so that you can help free. And you're healed so that you can help heal. He, he, there's this ripple effect that happens. Then when we press in for breakthrough, that it affects more than just us. When you're, when you're praising in worship and people know your story and they realize, man, man, Kip shouldn't be praising God right now. Do you know what he's going through? Right? I mean, I mean my, my goodness, Dennis and Linda, whatever. I mean, if you knew their story, man, they shouldn't be praising God right now. And yet they are. And you're, we're, we're thinking, and all of a sudden we realize, wait a minute. Like, like this isn't just about you. My breakthrough can become your breakthrough. That's huge. That's a big deal. This is what we're going to do. As uh, Pastor Kelly, would you and your team come? And they're going to lead us in, in, in a song here. Could we, let's just stand together, if you will. And this is what I know. I know that um, at this point in the service, uh, that there's probably not a whole lot that are... Uh, of us in here that are just like in the mood to worship because we did that part we got the worship part done then the then the word and now we're about ready we start to feel your stomach go and you're like oh yep and we're, we, some of you are making plans already and uh, and and I'm not going to keep you long you guys got another five minutes or so this is that place where you get to choose you just get to choose that even if I don't feel any Holy Spirit goosebumps, even if no one gets slain in the Spirit or, or, or some miracle happened or anything, like I just, like, he's worthy of my praise right now. You don't have to raise your hand, but is anybody going through anything in here that's just been discouraging? Anybody going through anything that's been like, it's been like weeks, it's been days, and you've been praying and you've been praying. And can I just ask, if it never changes, are you still open to worshiping him and giving him glory and honor? and praise here's my invite we're going to do two things and, and we're out my, my first invite is here is if you're willing and if you're able I'm just going to we're just going to sing a song no one's going to lay hands on you or anything I just invite you to just come into the altar up here when we're praising during this song just invite you to take a step say God I choose to worship you and then in a few minutes when we release some of you are going to want to stay and, uh, and then we're going to anoint people with oil for healing today Jesus all over this place we give you glory and honor and praise. We choose to worship you. We choose to praise in the midst of everything that we're going through, in the midst of the pressures of this world and this week and this day, this year, the things that are going on in our country and this city and in our businesses and our workplaces and our families and marriages and our bodies, our bank accounts. We push pause on it all and we choose to worship you right now. Let's worship him. I invite you to come if you're willing.